You're listening to the preaching podcast of Victory Baptist Church in Roanoke Rapids, North Carolina, led by Pastor Jeremy Kobernack. It is our desire that you will be helped by this Bible message. Psalm 116, I don't know if I'll get through the entire psalm, and so don't get nervous if you're looking at 19 verses, because you know how I, how I, I operate with these psalms. I like to go verse by verse, uh, but don't, don't panic, don't stress, um, don't, uh, don't set a timer on your phone or anything like that. I won't keep you long, but I do want to share with you uh, some uh, thoughts that I hope will be a blessing to you from Psalm 116. I'm just thankful that it's the Word of God. And uh, I'm thankful that we don't have to pick and choose which parts are good because it's all good. And uh, all Scripture is given by inspiration of God, and it is profitable. Uh, You know, that means that every verse, uh, every passage of Scripture, God's got something in there for you and got something for me. And I believe this psalm will be a blessing to you. I know it has been to me. Look at verse number one, if you would. Uh, The psalmist... uh, Possibly David, we're not exactly sure. But the psalmist writes, and and probably David because of the style and because of the tone. He says, I love the Lord because he hath heard my voice and my supplications. Because he hath inclined his ear unto me, therefore will I call upon him as long as I live. The sorrows of death compassed me and the pains of hell get hold upon me. I found trouble and sorrow. Then called I upon the name of the Lord. Oh, Lord, I beseech thee, deliver my soul. Gracious is the Lord and righteous. Yea, our God is merciful. The Lord preserveth the simple. I was brought low, and he helped me. Return unto thy rest, O my soul, for the Lord hath dealt bountifully with thee. Father, I pray you'd speak to our hearts and give us what we need in these moments we're together. I thank you for the wonderful day we've had. I thank you for the faithfulness of your people uh, to come back on a Sunday night. Lord, in in a day when many churches are no longer having a Sunday night service and many churches are not having a midweek service, I thank you for a group of people here. I thank you for a group of folks uh, in Emporia, Virginia, uh, at Faith Baptist Church. I thank you for folks that uh, are committed to, to, to Bible preaching and committed to prayer and committed to serving and, and, and winning souls and reaching the lost and uh, being a lighthouse. And I pray that you'd help us in this community. I pray that we would be what you'd have us to be. I pray tonight you'd give us what we need from the Word of God. We pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Number one, if you're taking notes, and I don't always give an outline because I think you need it, but I give an outline to help me. Uh, It's kind of like the guardrails to keep me on the road and keep me where we're going. Every once in a while, there's a rabbit trail, and I'll take it, but I try to get back on course uh, so that uh, we can get you out of here before it's dark, Uh, which it gets dark pretty late now, so we're really going to try. Number one, I see the word love. David, the psalmist, uh, probably David, but the psalmist writes and says, I love love the Lord. Can you say that tonight? Now, 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 we often say it, but can you say it and mean it? Could you say tonight, that's me, that's my testimony, that's how I feel. I love the Lord. I love the Lord for what he's done for me. I love the Lord because of his mercy. I love the Lord because he saved me. I love the Lord. He's been so good to me. 
And by the way, if, if God did nothing else for you than sending his son to die on the cross to pay the price for your sin, that's a good God. That's a gracious and merciful God. And David says, I love the Lord. Now, friend, I'm not just interested in saying it, but I want it to be real. I want it to be from the heart. I don't, want to, I don't want my Christian life just to be a life of uh, thou shalt and thou shalt not, although I think we need some guidelines and we need some commandments and we need to follow what the Bible says and we need to obey the Bible. But I want to tell you this, if your life is all about what you can do and what you can't do, and if you never consider how much you love God and if the love of Christ does not constrain you and motivate you to do what's right, then you're missing out. Because the Christian life is not about rules, it's about a relationship. Amen. The Christian life is not about just a, a routine, it's about something that is real and something that is genuine. And can you say honestly tonight, I love the Lord. I think all of us probably at some point or another could say that, but maybe you're here tonight and maybe you can't say it anymore. Maybe your love has waxed cold. Maybe your love has begun to, to, to dwindle. Maybe uh, you have gotten away from God. Uh, the songwriter said, I've wandered far away from God. Well, guess what? Maybe that's you. But I'm glad we can come home. I'm glad we can get right. I'm glad we can get back to a place of love. Have you left your first love, as did the, uh, the church in the book of Revelation? By the way, uh, that happens you got to keep that love. you got to keep it stirred and kindled, and you've got to work to keep your love right. The Bible says, Thou shalt love the Lord thy God. But it doesn't stop there. It says you're to love the Lord, and I'm supposed to love the Lord with all of our heart. See, I think some of us could say, I love the Lord a little bit. I, I love Him some. I love Him mostly. I love Him partly. But can you say, I love Him with all my heart? David said, I love the Lord because he hath heard my voice and my supplications. Number two, the word I'll give you is the word listening. Now, some of us are not good listeners. Some of us have this problem called selective hearing. We hear what we want to hear, right? Isn't that amazing? I think children, and it's not just children, I know adults do, but I'm amazed at how I can hear my wife say to our children, go and clean your room. Go and clean. I mean, I hear it three times. And five minutes later, they're wandering around. Not, not the ones still in here. Not Lacey and Savannah, of course, but you know the other ones. And I, they'll be wandering around doing who knows what. And, and, and Joanna will say, I told you you need to clean your room. And they'll say, oh, I didn't hear you. <laughs> but isn't it amazing, parents, you can whisper. I think after church tonight, I think we're going to get ice cream. Ice cream! Everybody's running. First of all, I don't even know how they heard that. And secondly, how in the world were they even aware that something was going on? You know, they're supposed to hear. But listening, that's funny with children. But it's sad with Christians. It's sad sometimes that we're not listening for the voice of God. Now, I know this is talking about God listening to us. And I'm glad God's hearing and God's listening is a lot better than ours. But maybe tonight, maybe you need to get your ears tuned again to listen to the voice of God. As Samuel in the temple, he heard the voice of God calling his name at a time when Eli could no longer hear. But Samuel heard and Samuel said, Lord, I want you to speak. I'm listening. Speak, Lord, for thy servant heareth. I'm glad that God hears my voice. That's what verse 1 says. He hath heard my voice and my supplications. 
Did you know that God hears when we pray? Now, I understand Isaiah 59 is one reference that says that our sins separate us and, and, and it's our iniquities that cause that our God cannot hear our prayers. I understand that. But did you know that God has the ability to hear you when you pray? But God will never hear a prayer that is not prayed. And so many times we miss out on so many blessings because we just don't pray. The problem's not on the hearing of God. God hears. The problem is that we're not praying. But David said, he has heard my voice. He has heard my supplications. Verse 2, because he hath inclined his ear unto me. That, that phrase, to incline your ear, it literally it means to bend over. Have you ever had a child that's maybe speaking softly or I'll tell you where I do this sometimes. I'll do it at a, a hospital or a nursing home when somebody is weak and, and it's hard to hear them. And there's the noise of the machines and there's the noise of everything in the room. And, and I'll sometimes I'll bend over closely to hear what they're saying. And it's because I, I, I want to hear. I desire to hear. And maybe they're not even strong enough to speak loudly so that I can hear. Well, I'll get closer. Maybe tonight, maybe you feel like you're not even strong enough to pray. Maybe you feel like your world has come down to a, 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 a crashing a, a, a disaster. Maybe you feel like you don't have the strength to go on. Now you're here, and physically you're okay, but maybe spiritually or emotionally you feel like you don't have the strength to go on. I'm glad that you don't have to have a lot of strength to pray. You just got to be willing to speak and call upon God. And he'll get close and he will incline his ear. He will bend over if he has to, to hear you because he wants to hear what his children have to say. I'm thankful that God hears our prayers. That ought to be motivation to keep on praying. That ought to be a reason to keep on praying and praising and lifting our voice because God hears our prayers. But notice verse number two, he said, therefore, because God hears me, because God inclines his ear unto me, therefore will I call upon him as long as I live. That would be a great decision tonight to say, with God's help, I'm going to be a man of prayer. I'm going to be a woman of prayer as long as I live. This isn't just going to be a fad. This is not just going to be a phase. This is not just going to be something I do when I've got a lot of needs. But I'm going to pray. I'm going to communicate. I'm going to talk to God as long as I live. Number three, the word is lifetime. I hope your prayer life lasts for a lifetime. I hope my prayer life lasts for a lifetime. You know, we, we, all, we all know people, and except for the grace of God, that could be us. We all know people that used to love God and serve God and used to go to church and read the Bible and pray, and they don't anymore. You say, how does that happen? Well, it happens because we have an adversary. It happens because we have a, an old sinful flesh that doesn't want to pray, and we have uh, the lust of the flesh, lust of the eyes, the pride of life, and we've got the attacks of Satan against us. And friend, if you don't get serious and commit yourself to pray, even when you don't feel like it, have you ever been there? I don't even feel like praying. Or have you ever been discouraged because you've been praying and rather than God answering that prayer seemingly like you, like you want, things get worse? Have you ever had that happen? And we'll be tempted to say, well, I'm just not going to pray. Friend, that's not the answer. God commands us to pray without ceasing. And God commands us uh, to, to, to pray and not to faint. Keep on praying. God will take care of the results. 
do your part and pray as long as you live. Verse number three, David says, I've been praying, God heard me. Verse three says, the sorrows of death compassed me and the pains of hell get hold upon me. I found trouble and sorrow. You say, why would we want to call on God? Well, in some cases, it's because we're surrounded. We're surrounded by sorrows. There's no escape. Every direction you look, it seems like there's sorrow. Uh, Pastor Kinsey, I I remember early on in, 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 in life and ministry, and I remember when something would happen, and I remember just being so crushed and I I, I remember thinking at the time, well, it can't get worse than this. But can I tell you, the longer you live, the longer I live, there will be sorrow. Matter of fact, Job said it like this, that, that man's days are full of trouble as the sparks fly upward. There's going to be trouble. There's going to be sorrow. If you're waiting for an easy life, if you're waiting for a carefree life, that's not gonna happen down here. There will be sorrow. David wrote in Psalm 23, he said, Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, there's going to be sorrow. There's going to be times where there's no escape. There's no hope in sight. The word here in verse number three, the word, the pains of hell, literally is talking about horror. And the psalmist writes and says, there's horror all around me. I'm afraid. I'm terrified. And it seems like it's got a hold of me and I can't get away. He says in verse 3, I found trouble and sorrow. Now, how many of you know that the psalmist was not looking for trouble and sorrow? (laughs) Can I tell you, I never go looking for trouble and sorrow. I don't. I'm looking for the opposite. I'm looking for joy and happiness and peace. But sometimes on the pathway of life, when you're looking for joy, you'll find sorrow. Sometimes when you're looking for peace, you'll find trouble. And make no mistake about it that although that's not what you are looking for, God's got a plan for every situation you go through. You may find trouble and you may find sorrow and you may be surprised by it, but God's not surprised. God's got it all under control. And don't forget, God can take trouble and sorrow and he can take your your sorrow and he can turn it into joy. Weeping may endure for a night, but joy cometh in the morning. Hey, they that sow in tears shall reap in joy. And David wrote and he says, I found trouble and sorrow. He called upon God, I believe, number four, I believe, because he was lost. I don't mean lost as in unsaved. But I mean, David was lost. He he felt helpless. He felt hopeless. What happens when you're lost? You don't know what to do. You don't know where to go. You don't know where to turn. It seems like the the sun is not going to shine. It seems like the clouds are getting darker and darker. And it seems like the storms are getting worse and worse. And and what do you do in the storms? Well, you just keep on trusting the Lord to get you through the storm. You say, but what if there's a storm on my boat? Well, make sure you got Jesus on the boat. Say, what happens if he's not on the boat? Well, he can come walking on the water and get to your boat. But just keep your eyes on him and keep trusting him. The psalmist felt as if he were lost. He was looking for help and comfort, but instead he found trouble and sorrow. Verse number four, I love this. Then called I upon 
the name of the Lord. O Lord, I beseech thee, deliver my soul. He starts in verse number one talking about how much he loves the Lord because God hears him and now he's putting into practice what he said he he was going to do. He said, Lord, I know you hear me and I'm counting on you about now. God, I've got the sorrows and I've got the troubles and I've got the the pains of hell and the horrors of hell that are are, are holding on tight. I can't escape. So verse number four, he prays again. And Fred, I want to tell you, when all hope seems lost, keep on praying. When, when it seems like there's no way of escape, keep on praying. When it seems like there's not an answer, when it seems like uh, the more you pray, the worse it gets. I want to tell you, keep on praying. He gets his focus on the Lord. He says, then called I upon the name of the Lord. Oh, Lord, I beseech thee, deliver my soul. In this passage, David, the psalmist, is begging for God to deliver him. This is a prayer of humility. Now, let's be honest. Most of us, our normal prayer is a prayer of convenience. The average prayer of a Christian is, Lord, I pray that you'd help me with this and bless this and take care of this. And I'm not against that. I think we ought to be more specific. I don't think our prayers should be general. I think we should be specific. But most of our prayers are not passionate. Most of our prayers are not desperate. But the book of James reminds us that it is the effectual, fervent prayer of a righteous man that availeth much. So here's what happens. David is desperate. He's sinking. As a matter of fact, I think he's sunk. He says, God, there's no hope. There's nothing I can do. And he is beseeching. He is begging the Lord to answer. It's a prayer of humility. I'll say this, until we get humble before God, we're not going to see God answer. Because God doesn't give grace to the proud. God gives grace to the humble. He resists the proud and a prayer of pride and a prayer of, of, of Lord, you got to help me because you need me. And God, you got to help me because I deserve this. Friend, that's not the way to pray. The way to pray is to come to God in humility and say, God, I'm just an old rotten sinner. I don't deserve anything. I don't deserve salvation. But I'm coming to you because I need you. The songwriter wrote that little chorus, Lord, I need you when the sea of life is calm. Oh, Lord, I need you when the wind is blowing strong, whether trials come or cease. Keep me always on on my knees. Lord, I need you. And David is begging for God to hear him and to answer and to deliver him. A prayer of humility, verse number five. David reminds himself that the Lord is gracious. Hallelujah for the graciousness of God and the righteousness of God and the mercy of God. Verse number five. Then I see him. Verse number six, again, I see David's humility. He gets low. Verse six, the Lord preserveth the simple. I was brought low and he helped me. David, again, is talking about the humility that is necessary to get to a point where you know that you can't figure it out on your own. You know, I think sometimes God waits till we get to that point before he does answer our prayer. Sometimes you and I need to get to a point where we realize we can't do it. 
We can't figure it out. It, it's outside of our means. It's outside of our ability. If this prayer is going to get answered, if this problem is going to be taken care of, then God's going to have to do it because we've tried all we know how to do. And we should have gone to God first and we should have trusted him first, but we've tried and tried and tried. And then finally we say, Lord, I can't do it. And God says exactly what I was waiting for because we realize that we are not able, but he is able. I see that the psalmist is low. He, he, he is humble and he says, God protects, God preserves the humble. God present, pr protects and preserves the lowly and God helps those who recognize their need for his help. Verse seven, David tells himself to return to his rest. He reminds himself that God has dealt bountifully with him. I want to remind you when you're going through storms and you're going through trials and you're going through burdens, I want to remind you of this, that you don't have to be frustrated even when you're going through the storm. You don't have to be miserable. You don't have to have a panic attack every time something happens. Now, I understand that's easy for us to say, uh, but friend, this world is stressed out. People go crazy over the simplest, the, the, the most foolish things. And, and I guess I could understand that for somebody that doesn't know the Lord. But friend, when you've got the Holy Spirit of God living inside of you, when you know Jesus Christ, the Prince of Peace, there is no reason for a Christian to panic and to stress and to spaz out every time something happens. Whatever happened to resting in the Lord? Whatever happened to waiting on the Lord and trusting in the Lord? And David says, I need to get back unto thy rest, O my soul. For the Lord hath dealt bountifully with thee. That's a good reminder when you're going through the storm to remember all the times that God has dealt bountifully. All the times that God has come through. How quickly we forget all the answers to prayer and all the blessings and all the goodness of God. And then one storm or one trial or, or two or three or whatever, they come up and all of a sudden we think, oh man, it's all over. What about all that God has done? Friend, he will not forsake you. He will not fail you. You can trust him. I see in verse number seven, David talks about God dealing bountifully. That means to be treated well. And friend, we may not always treat people well, but God has certainly treated us well. My dad used to say, and I know it's not original with my dad. I've heard many preachers and I've heard songs about it, but... God has been better to us than we deserve. Hallelujah for God's goodness. I like that song, Brother David, Miss Chelsea. You, I think it was a time or two ago you sang that little chorus, Ain't God Good to Give Us So Many Blessings. Undeserving, that's what we are. We ought to thank Him, love and praise Him. A little more today and a whole lot more tomorrow. God is so good. Verse number 8. The psalmist writes and says, For thou hast delivered my soul from death, mine eyes from tears, and my feet from falling. I see three deliverances mentioned in verse number eight. And you know, I don't know which of these you need. Maybe it's one or two, or maybe you need all three. But did you know that God can protect us from death? Now, when you die, when I die, the Bible says it's appointed unto men once to die. I understand that. But I believe there are many times that if it were not for God's protection upon us, we'd already be dead. 
And the way that some people drive, most of us would probably be dead. And I'll be careful to say anything about the Virginia driver since we've got a lot of representation from Virginia right now. But I will say this, it's of the Lord's mercies that we're not consumed. You know, you, 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 you read about these tornadoes just came through Mississippi. Can I tell you, those tornadoes could have hit us just as easily as they could have hit them. Uh, the, 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 the medical and the, the, the accidents and all of these things and the natural disaster, all of that. I'm just telling you this, God is able to protect us. God is able to preserve us from death. The Bible says he can protect us or deliver us from tears. Now, sometimes God lets us go through the valley of tears. But sometimes God gives us a little detour and says, no, it's not time to go through that valley. I'm going to have you go this way instead. And I don't think we'll know till we get to heaven all the different things God has protected us from, God has saved us from, God has spared us from. But God is able to deliver from death, from tears, but then God is able to deliver us from falling. The Bible says in the book of Jude that God is able to keep us from falling and to present us faultless before the presence of God. Now, do you realize that you say, oh, I can walk. I, I'm not, not going to fall. Well, wherefore, let him that thinketh he standeth take heed lest he fall. Uh, pride goeth before destruction and an haughty spirit before a fall. You say, oh, that could never happen to me. Friend, it could happen to you and a whole lot worse, and it could happen to me and a whole lot worse were it not for the mercy of God. Amen. But God is able to keep us from falling. Now, here's what I'm saying. Did you know there's a lot of snares that the devil has laid for you this week and laid for me this week? That old devil's real. And that old devil's out to trip you up. He doesn't want you just to stumble. He wants you to fall. He wants to destroy your testimony. He wants to destroy your marriage. He wants to destroy your effectiveness. He wants to destroy your witness. He wants to destroy your impact. The devil is out to destroy you this week. And you can't stand on your own. You and I must have the help of God to keep us from falling. And the psalmist writes and says, I know a God who he can deliver us from falling. He can keep us from the snares and he can keep us from the traps. And, and, and he gives us, isn't this great? He gives us a lamp for our feet and a light for our path. You know, this book right here will shed a lot of light on your pathway this week. It'll, it'll, it'll help you to get away from the snares and avoid the snares and the traps and, and, and the tricks of the devil this week. But you're going to have to open it up. It's like, oh, I got a flashlight. I never turn it on, but I got it. Well, God bless you. It's not going to help unless you use it. And this book right here, it's not going to help just because it's sitting on a shelf. You have to open it up. You have to ask the Lord to help you and guide your feet, protect you, keep you from falling this week. I'm thankful that God is able. If it were not for God keeping us from falling, we all would have fallen a long time ago. But I'm glad that God is able to keep us from falling. God is able to keep us on our feet. And I'm glad that he is a God who hears and answers prayer. Thank you for listening to the preaching podcast of Victory Baptist Church in Roanoke Rapids, North Carolina, led by Pastor Jeremy Coburnett. For more information about our ministry, please visit our website at vbcrr.org. May God bless you as you serve him this week.